Welcome to the UK Dividend Investor. Episode 4, Getting Started in Investing, Setting Up Your Account and Making Your First Investments to Get Those Dividend Payments Going. You've made the decision to start investing. Congratulations, you've started your financial journey with hopefully a particular goal in mind. Whether this be saving for a house, car, wedding, holiday, engagement ring or for your future in general, you've taken the first step. The next step is going to be setting up your account from which you'll make your investments. If you're fortunate to live in the United Kingdom, you'll have access to an ISA, an individual savings account, as long as you meet the criteria. That being, you must be over the age of 16 for a cash-only ISA, which in this instance would not be suitable for its intended purpose. Therefore, you will need to be 18 or over to be able to open a stocks and shares ISA, which in this instance we'll be looking to utilise. And secondly, you must also reside in the UK. It is also possible to invest through a general investment account, or the equivalent for whichever country you are in. You won't have access to the ISA benefits and will be constrained by the tax allowances set up by the UK government or the government in which country you are investing in. Looking at the ISAs then, the allowance currently stands at £20,000 a year. This can be £20,000 into a single account, or take an example of having two ISAs, it could be £10,000 into each one. Ultimately the total can only come to £20,000 for a tax year. With the ISAs, any capital gains is tax free, and as are dividend payments. For those using a general investment account, the current tax-free allowance for capital gains is £6,000, and this is due to be reduced to £3,000 in 2024. Additionally, the dividend tax-free allowance has been reduced from £2,000 to £1,000, and is due to be reduced further to £500 in 2024. This has led me to the opinion that it is more important than ever be making use of an ISA. I feel it is important to note that the £20,000 allowance is for funds that are deposited into the account. For example, you deposit £10,000 into the account at the start of the tax year, but a few months down the line you need to take out £1,000, bringing the account down to £9,000. A month or so later, you then deposit £1,000 back into the account bringing the account back to a total of £10,000. In this instance, you have deposited a total of £11,000 into the account and therefore will only have £9,000 left of your allowance despite having the same amount you started with. The only exception to this is if you have a flexible ISA, which most providers do not offer, and it will take some research if this is something you would like. With regards to dividends, as a general rule of thumb, these would not count towards your allowance, as generally they are paid into the ISA itself. However, if the dividend were to be paid into a separate account, and they are then deposited into an ISA, it would count towards that allowance. As I said, this is a rule of thumb, so be sure to check with your provider. To open your ISA, you'll need to identify an ISA provider who suits you. There are a myriad of ISA providers who all have their own different nuances. For example, there are providers such as Trading212 
where the account is free to open and hold, with no commission when trades are made, with a minimum deposit of £1. Another company that provides commission-free trading is FreeTrade. Whilst it is free to set up a general investment account with FreeTrade, there is now a fee of £5.99 a month, or £59.88 a year, for holding a stocks and shares ISA, and the minimum deposit is £2. One company I have mentioned in a previous episode, Hargreaves Lansdowne, also unsurprisingly offers a stocks and shares ISA. They currently have a cost of 0.45% as their account charge, with a fee to buy and sell shares of £11.95. These type of ISAs are referred to as DIY, or do-it-yourself, stocks and shares ISAs. During research for this episode, I found an article from the Money Saving Expert, which has a rundown of a couple of the ISA providers. I'll put the link to this article in the show notes. The other type of ISA you can hold is a managed ISA, or robo-ISA, as referred to in the Money Saving Expert article. These ISAs will invest on your predetermined investment options, and it was one of these accounts where my investment journey started, where I used Moneybox as my investment platform and it was there I discovered dividend payments once I had the opportunity to invest in specific stocks. A similar company that works with this investment method is Nutmeg. Essentially, you choose your level of risk, make your regular payments, and the investment is managed on your behalf. There is also a fee involved with these accounts. Depending on how you would like to invest will depend on which provider will suit you best, and that will be research that you will need to complete. If you are unsure, I would encourage you to start with the aforementioned article. I'm currently using Trading212, as I find it simple, easy to use, and intuitive. Having chosen your ISA provider, you will have opened your account, and the next biggest decision is, what are you going to invest in? When I opened my account and started dividend investing, I wanted to see as many dividends coming in as soon as possible, and I decided I wanted to be paid a dividend every single month of the year. Having this in mind, I started researching for stocks which paid a monthly dividend, and Google led me to an article on The Motley Fool, which identified eight stocks which pay monthly dividends. I'll provide the link to this article in the show notes. There was just one problem with each of these stocks. Well, it was a problem for me at least, and not necessarily for other investors. Each and every one of these stocks was listed in a United States of America stock market. Now, I know you're probably thinking, what's wrong with that? Nothing wrong with a US stock. And no, there isn't. It just doesn't suit my investment plan at this moment in time. And this is because of the withholding tax that I would need to pay when I receive the dividend payments. As I mentioned in my last episode, I want to pay as little tax as I have to, and by holding stocks listed on the London Stock Exchange in a Stocks and Shares ISA, any dividend payments are currently tax-free. This left me in a position where I don't have a loan go-to stock to pay me monthly dividends, so I had to go on the hunt for stocks that would pay their dividends in certain months and I whittled these down by using www.dividenddata.co.uk and used their 
quarterly dividend page to identify the stocks that pay on a quarterly basis. From there, all I had to do, as long as I was prepared to invest in them, was find a stock that had a payment in January, another stock that paid in February, and a final stock that paid in March. And this process led me to selecting the following three stocks. The first is GSK. This is a multinational pharmaceutical and biotechnology company, and they have a current dividend yield of 4.2% and a payout ratio of 52%. Now they pay their dividends in January, April, July and October. The second company is British American Tobacco, which is a multinational company that manufactures and sells cigarettes, tobacco and other nicotine products. It currently has a dividend yield of 8.6% and its payout ratio is 74%. And the third company is BP, which is a multinational oil and gas company and their current dividend yield is 4.4% and their payout ratio is 18%. To those of you who are brand new to dividend investing, I'll briefly explain what these two values mean. The dividend yield is the percentage of income shareholders receive compared to the cost of their shares. And this is calculated by dividing the company's total annual dividend payment by its current share price. Payout ratio is the percentage of profits paid out to shareholders in the form of dividends and is calculated by dividing the company's total annual dividend payment by its net income. Generally, a high payout ratio indicates that less profit is being reinvested into the company which may reduce its growth, which therefore the opposite can be inferred with a lower payout ratio. So far this year there has been some volatility in the market, but these three stocks will see those dividend payments coming in and has been an introduction into the world of dividends. I have mentioned before that seeing those dividends coming in is highly motivational for me, so to see them coming in and the payments growing is going to increase my motivation and keep my investment consistency going. This is how I started my dividend investing journey and it worked for me. It may well work for you too, but you need to be sure that those investments would be right for you and how you wish to invest. I acknowledge that not everyone might be willing to invest in a tobacco company. This is something I addressed in episode 2, Business is Business. If you haven't already listened to that episode, I encourage you to do so. I briefly explore how morals and ethics can have an impact on investing. The world of investing is vast and at times baffling. I will consistently read up on different aspects of investing, trading and business and will always find something new to educate myself on. There are plenty of people out there who have been investing for significant periods and have a wealth of experience, and I for one am more than willing to seek out this experience and soak it up however I can. One way I do this is by listening to podcasts. I don't listen to the radio as I find modern music rather dull, so during my commute I will listen to podcasts. I consistently listen to podcasts such as Dividend Talk, The Dividend Guy, Gen X Dividend Investor and many more. I would encourage you to also seek out this wealth of experience and to expand your investing knowledge. 
thank you for listening to today's episode if you liked it please follow me on wherever you get your podcast and do give me a follow on twitter at ukdivinvestor finally please note that i am not a financial advisor this episode has been created for entertainment purposes and i've been sharing with you my experiences and how i started ensure you complete appropriate checks when investing and i'm not responsible for your losses nor your profits until next time stay safe and take care.